Thank you for listening to Action in Ministry. We want to hear about your ministry or a ministry you love. Text the word ACTION to 484848 and a producer will contact you for your idea. Halloween night is a favorite for many young and old alike. It's now one of the most popular holidays in the United States, second only to Christmas. Dressing up as a favorite hero or villain, gathering the max amount of treats in order to gorge on them for days. But what about the dark side? The ghosts, the zombies, the dark parts of Halloween's history? What is a Christian to do with Halloween? Find out how one family in their church sees it as an opportunity to reach their neighbors on this Action in Ministry. Inspiring you to be the hands. Empowering you to be the feet. Strengthening you to be the heart of Christ for others. Action. 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 In ministry. Hi, I'm Rachel Legoute, and this is Action in Ministry. Halloween is a touchy topic for many Christians, and there are many differing opinions on how the day should be handled. Today, we look at how one family and their congregation has chosen to do Halloween. Amy Ziegler lives in St. Louis. She's the wife to the Lutheran Hour speaker, Pastor Mike Ziegler, and mother to four amazing kids. We're glad you're here with us today, Amy. Thank you for having me. Well, Halloween can be tricky. Some Christians participate fully, get into all the decorations and costumes and everything, and um, some Christians ignore it completely or um, just pass the day over, um, and they act like some of these different Halloween activities don't even exist. Some have a fall festival or an alternative, um, and then there are a lot of people who kind of fall in between. I love Halloween, um, but also I get a little bit afraid of some of the scary displays that come up. I'm like, I'm not going to that house. But yeah. like, how do you? What? Tell me about your view on Halloween. How do you feel about it? Uh, I'm already making our costumes for this year. Yes. Yeah. Oh, what are they? Um, we are going to be the miraculous superheroes, nice. and so uh, yeah. I'm going to be a ladybug. My son is going to be uh, Cat Noir. Yes. And um, the others are going to be a variety of characters. Uh And my husband, because he's bald, he fits every evil (laughs) role perfectly. So he will be the hawk moth of the family. Built-in villain. Yeah, it's kind of nice. My kids are obsessed with Disney's descendants right now, so they want to be characters from that. It's out of control. I don't know how I'm going to make these costumes. But, um, (laughs) well, tell me a little bit about— how your family's participation with Halloween and, like, building community and everything started for you. Yeah, so um, we had done the traditional trick-or-treating as we were young, uh, both Michael and I. But then um, when I was in Nebraska going to college, it was interesting because they didn't go door-to-door because there's huge fields in between the doors. And so uh, my roommate's (laughs) uh, family would collect at people's houses and it would just be a hangout together and then the grandma would give them a good a goodie bag at the end of the night. So mm. that was my first vision of this is not a door-to-door activity. Yeah. And then later on when we went to the seminary, they had a huge um, community of kids that would start off in the middle of the seminary and then walk through the professors' houses and all the professors would be there. It was great student-professor interaction with all the families. And then we would trail back to the student neighborhood and all the students would be out there in their porches and the kids would go from spot to spot. And our house was at the very bottom of the hill, the very last house that everybody would go to. 
And so after being there a couple of years, we thought, well, why don't we do hot cocoa and a bonfire and coffee for the adults? And everybody just kind of stayed and hung out and kids gorged on candy, like you said before. <laughs> and then the adults just talked and had a good time. And it was just a really good night for community. Yeah. And uh, it was, yeah, it was Fun. Did you guys sit around and pick out the good candy from your kids' bags? Uh, every year, always. We've got to make sure they're safe. <laughs> yes, yes. And that you have all the peanut butter cups. <laughs> yes, exactly. What is it about those? They are. So, I mean, you said that you and your husband grew up trick-or-treating and doing that kind of stuff. Would you say that your whole family is, I mean, are your kids into it too now? Uh, at differing levels. Um, I am definitely probably the most excited about it every year, but, uh, no, it was, it was definitely my son that came up with this year's costume theme. They like it. They'll all get into it with us. Yeah. It sounds to me like there's like, there's some intentionality about this being maybe something that your family does together. Yeah. Most years we have a theme and go with that. Mm -hmm. So, um, we've done Shrek where Michael was Shrek and, and family. Uh, we dressed up our dog that year year as well as donkey um we've done a variety of different things from year to year and usually yeah we do it as a collective unit which is more challenging when you have a fourth grader and a senior in high school but they all rise up (laughs) (laughs) let's talk a little bit about your community i mean you you talked about living at the seminary and it's kind of this like it's a built-in community, right? Like yeah. you're next to the same people and sometimes you're next to the same people for years. Uh-huh. Um, and so you're you're already, you have built-in community. You're already used to doing things together and um, in some ways. And then you move to the neighborhood where you are and you said 2,000 trick-or-treaters? Yeah, that was a surprise. They yeah. told us, um, hey, this is a busy street on Halloween <laughs> and nobody had yet quantified what busy what meant. That looks like, yeah. yeah, and uh, that was the first year somebody started clicking how many people were walking by each mm-hmm. door. Um, it was our first time uh, doing that. We had gotten candy all month. Every time I went grocery shopping, I bought another bag. And in St. Louis, they have you tell a joke for every piece of candy. So um, we heard a lot of jokes and and just gave out all the candy. But by the end of the night, we were exhausted. Right. (laughs) And, uh, And I just thought, well, you know, how could we develop this in a different manner that um, that would bring more people in to this community that we have as a family, you know, and um, and our church is across the street from where all where our house was at the time. Mm-hmm. And also um, where all these kids are. And I kept looking over and seeing nobody on the other side of the street mm-hmm. and just thinking, man, this there's something Something's off here where one side is full of people and then the other side is quiet and still. And, you know, it's half street away. I mean, I can actually picture it in my head. One side of the street totally lit up and then on the on the corner yeah. of the other street, you know, it's dark and here's your church sitting there. So that made you start thinking, right, about yeah. how— Yeah, definitely. We had someone ask us to use a bathroom, Mm -hmm. and um, we had been told at our house, yeah, yeah, our first year of being on Halloween there, and um, we had been told by the other neighbors it's not safe to let a lot of people into your house Mm -hmm. for using the bathroom, Um, that that it uh, just—with the number of people coming through, it was just a general— 
agreement that that we weren't letting people into homes to yeah. use bathrooms. And I just remember my own situations of getting all the kids dressed in their tights and their mm. leggings and their all this clothing and then yeah. getting outside and then the toddler says, "But mom, wait. Yeah. I have to go." And you're in a desperate moment there. Yeah. And a lot of these families drive in from other neighborhoods because they know this one is safe and welcoming. Mm-hmm. And I just thought, "Man, to have a couple extra bathrooms open would be nice and mm-hmm. and provide safety not only for my home but then for all the other people in the area. Um, and it would also just be a good investment to say, hey, you're welcome here and we yeah. want to bring you into our space. As I listen to you tell this story, I hear like you just having like the eyes of your experience of being a mother um, on Halloween but also looking at your neighborhood and saying – um, like eyes to see the people around you and the needs that are present in that. I mean, it's a city neighborhood, right? I mean, you yes. live in the city. And so there are a lot of people coming that you don't know. These aren't people that you're like doing life with every day. But that didn't stop you from saying, I think there's something we can do here. How did your church respond when you said, hey, guys, I think maybe some porta potties are a good idea? <laughs> yeah, um, they definitely felt like the porta potties would work yeah. um, because that allowed people onto the property, that allowed people to come and see and interact with mm-hmm. us. But it wasn't bringing people into the building. We didn't have to have hall monitors to make sure nobody was messing with the hymnals or getting into the sanctuary and, you know, on a note, uh, a night that's known for tricking and pranks. Um, So it was allowing a uh, welcoming environment, but also keeping healthy boundaries mm-hmm. for the the property itself. Um, our church is very well lit in the evenings. They have um, lights up now that have been added since starting the Halloween hut. It's kind of glows with an excitement now. We put up some tents. In addition to the porta potties, we also had um, a nurse who was from our church come, and um, I had a sign that said, uh, <laughs> if you're... What was it? If your ghost has a boo-boo, bring them here for Band-Aids. And, you know, if your witches need stitches, we've got uh, tape and all the things like that to help, you know, uh, repair costumes as needed. So we had those kind of things. We also had policemen there to help guide people across the street and um, because it's at a fairly busy intersection. And just uh, a lot of people are driving along their kids as they're walking down the street. Mm -hmm. So to kind of help crowd control and protect. So yeah, we were just trying to give a safe space. I mean, I think you made the point too that um, Halloween can be a night for tricks as well as treats. And um, there are people who use this as a time to um, create some shenanigans and more of the evil side of Halloween and who they lean into that. Like, have you guys run into any problems? Or maybe if you haven't run into problems, how have you set up those healthy boundaries between the church and the community? Yeah, I think um, we have a lot of people invited to come be a part of this. From the congregation. From the congregation. Mm-hmm. I would say about 50% dress up in costume, and I'd say about the other half actually wear their uh, Epiphany volunteer shirts. So that way, if there are any questions or needs, they know who on the space of the church is there to help and and give them, um, uh, you know, to give them help and, and be a resource. We also 
we've had a woman lose a child before, and um, because we had notified the neighborhood in advance um, that we were going to be on the corner open and and a safe place, that if there were any kids or cell phones or any any challenges or questions people had, that that would be the place to send them. And so a child was missing for a little while. It's terrifying. There's 2,500 people in a in very— In costumes. In costumes, yeah, in a small space, a lot of extra activity, a lot of extra cars trolling around. Mm-hmm. And we were able to— help. We um, have different friends in the neighborhood that we were to call and alert and say, hey, we're looking for Tinkerbell. You Mm. know, she's about this tall and, you know, has these identifying marks. And so that was able to be a community again and work together and find that child. And uh, she was, you know, a few houses down, but you get caught in the flow and and it's it's very terrifying. So. It sounds to me like um, your congregation's involvement in this Halloween project has really grown over the years. Maybe it started um, yeah, it's, with these porta potties and a nurse yeah, on site and some yeah. band-aids. But like what would what can somebody expect if they were to show up on your corner? of South St. Louis. Yeah. So, uh, like you said, it has has grown and changed over the years. Um, we were starting, like the last two years, we've passed out bags of candy. And in the bag, it says, um, Jesus loves you and so do we, with a little epiphany mm-hmm. signature on the end. And then um, just this year, another friend, Jared, said, hey, what about instead of candy, we do something else? And the idea was brought up that we're going to do glow sticks, one to help keep the kids safe and visible at night. But then also our tagline is going to be Jesus is the light of the world. And uh, we're just going to reiterate that, you know, we are the light. This is where the light is for this community is within the church and within the people who come here and then carry it out into the neighborhood. So it'll be a real important and I think um, healthy signifier of, of what we do on Halloween and, and every day, hopefully. Yeah, absolutely. How has your community responded to what your church is doing? Yeah, they're super appreciative. They, um, It's been great because uh, they have a place to help people because I think a lot of people felt stuck. Like, oh, we want you to be able to come in here, but we need to protect you and the greater community. Mm-hmm. Um and so I think they really appreciate that. They themselves have started doing a lot of lawn parties, and it's yeah. just become a night to to be together and, and connect with others. And um, it's really neat to see how they have grown and we have grown, and it and um, we support each other on, on uh, both sides of the needs. Has doing this offered you or your congregation an opportunity to get to know the people in your community better? Oh, most definitely, yeah. So we have a school that we've been investing in for the last couple of years that's a public school about, um, it's one block away from Mm -hmm. our building. And um, a lot of the families go and read with students at Warner, the elementary school by us. Just this last year, I was handing out candy for a little bit, and one of the boys that I read with showed up. And I was like, oh, Ryan, you're here. And he didn't know who I was at first, and then he saw me and glanced at me again. He said, oh, what are you doing?
doing here? And he was so surprised, like, this woman doesn't belong outside of the school reading to me. And here she's dressed up in green, actually, (laughs) Mm -hmm. you know. And then I got to meet his dad, and I got to meet his brothers, and I got to see a more full picture of who he was within his life setting. And then I got to carry that back to the school on our reading days, and it just made a better connection. And now he knows that I am associated with that church where it was just on a you know, conversation at first when we first met, oh, I'm from Epiphany and I'm here to read with you. Now he knows where Epiphany is and now he knows, hey, Epiphany's come into my life in other spaces too. Yeah. I love what you said about um, your church putting that message out there that Jesus is the light of the world. You guys are really shining light into into an evening, into a night, into a holiday that can have some dark corners and dark spaces. How have you seen or experienced Jesus' light shine through this holiday? Oh, I just— I think it's another one of his days. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and so it's naturally there. But uh, I think that when we can get hyper-focused on the dark and hard things around us, just to continually remember that his light's greater yes. and it's stronger mm-hmm. and it will overcome the fears or the the negative or the evil mm. because that's real too. Yeah. But he's... He's bigger, stronger, and and more brilliant. How would you encourage other followers of Jesus to, like, approach this day with intentionality? Yeah. If dressing up feels like too much of a of a commitment into the other camp, you know, of, of crossing over a line of Halloween, I just say have people over and have conversations and just be an open house, a, a community mm-hmm. that's welcoming and that can look in so many different ways and so many different things. I mean, get out a pail of apples and water and <laughs> allow kids to do that. You know, it doesn't have to be focused on the negative, but find your way to bring a true and, you know, connective uh, event together. Practice hospitality. Yeah, right. Exactly. <laughs> Well, Amy, thanks so much for joining us and sharing about the things that you and your church do on Halloween. And I just want to wish you a very um, happy evening with your community and a very happy Halloween. Well, thanks for having me. Happy Halloween. Some may see Halloween as a celebration of death and destruction and the things that the devil desires. But Christ's power overcomes this darkness and calls for celebration. Hebrews 2 verses 14 through 15 reminds us that Jesus has rendered Satan powerless Through his death on the cross that sets men free of the fear of death and the prison of sin, Jesus has conquered death. What Satan meant for evil, God meant for good. That's good news, and that's good news for all of our neighbors to hear. How will you be a light to your community? Thanks for listening to Action and Ministry. I'm Rachel Legute. Thank you for listening to Action and Ministry. We want to hear about your ministry or a ministry you love. Text the word ACTION to 484848, and a producer will contact you for your idea.